Yes, good morning. This is Getty Up with Gareth Hall on this Monday, the 13th of February. We are live from Warwick Farm at the Inglis Complex here at Riverside. It's great to be with you. It's a big good morning to you listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on uh, the SEN app. It was a wonderful weekend of racing. Cadolphin is expected. Flex there. Muscle with Animo dominant to take out. The feature event, the Apollo Stakes at Ramwick. And what about the filly in secret? Hadn't she come back bigger and better with the dominant victory there and the light fingers? And in Melbourne, there was a little bit of controversy. He's tough. He's brave, gentlemen, Roy. But unfortunately, he might have been first past the post. But he did lose that race in the stewards' room with Jackano in the end. Rewarded that Group 1 in the CFL Stakes. Some terrific performances outside of those feature races. Some juveniles stood up. And we're counted for as we get set for the Blue Diamond in a couple of weeks. And, of course, the Golden Slipper in about four weeks' time. It's a big show, as always, on Giddy Up on SEN Track on this Monday morning. And it's time now to get stuck into the Weekend Review. On Giddy Up, the Weekend Review with Dean Watling, Julian Valance and Jack Dickens. Hinge leads down to the 2.50. Animo's honing in quickly. It's Hinge being tackled by Animo. And it's time for the crow. Away goes Animo now from Hinge. They're followed then by Mawunga. Fangirl rattling home, but Animo launches his autumn assault in great style, beating Hinge and Fangirl rattling home. Well, he dominated the spring, Animo, and it looks like he might just dominate the summer slash autumn. In Sydney, he was dominant to take out the Apollo Stakes. Let's welcome in the team. Joining me live at the Riverside Complex here at Warwick Farm in Sydney, Dean Watling, the Barry attendant. Hello to you. Morning, fellas. Dicko, Jules, Gareth. Hello to you, Jack Dickens. Good morning, Jay. Big bounce back from you. Surprised how a lot of sprightly fun. you are this morning. A lot of I'm just, fun. just proud of you. <laughs> Since we've been in Sydney, this man who's been um, dominating on social media everywhere he goes. His name is Jules Valance and he joins us now. G'day, Jules. G'day, boys. How are we? Good, thank you. What did you make of Animo? Um, he was very good. Uh, I just worry about the ones behind him. Um, we spoke about this sort of a couple of weeks ago and even probably in the spring with this horse. He just becomes a different beast and so hard to beat when you can ride him with intent and you have him sort of in that first three or four and I thought James was really aggressive in that first sort of 150 metres. He just wanted to make sure he held a position. Um, he did. Um, I thought Hinged went really well. I think there's a race in Hinged. I, I've got a massive opinion of it. I just don't know where they go with her. But, yeah, Animo's going to keep winning if he keeps running against those kinds of horses who are going to give him a head start because we know he's such a line chaser that he's pretty hard to get past. We've got plenty to discuss. We've got the means test a little later on here on Giddy Up. Wayne Hawks, Johnny O'Neill will be joining me. Um, and a big middle hour as well as we catch up with uh, James Price, of course, the Victorian Bloodstock Manager of English, will be joining me just after 9.30. We'll talk about some New Zealand racing because they had some terrific racing over the weekend. But for the weekend review, we need to work out what we learnt from the weekend. There was plenty, I would imagine, that we could have taken away from the weekend's racing. We'll start off with you here, Dino. Yeah, I learned a bit. Um, I think there's two things I want to arrow in. And, um, firstly, Jerome Hunter is the best first-up trainer in the land. He strikes at 30.8% first up for the last 365 days. I think he's had 16 winners in his last 20-odd runners, um, and Rich Fortune was a phenomenal winner. I think the second thing we learned is how important it is to understand rail positions in tracks, especially in Sydney. We had Ranwick, the rail true, which we echoed um, throughout the week that you've got to be 
sort of off midfield, you want to be off rails, coming in the middle of the track, those high-pressure races, you can really run on. And if you follow that pattern throughout the day, I think you're much more profitable um, late. So I think it's understanding tracks, rail positions, getting a good database under that, um, and then working your bets around there. Jules Valance, what did you learn from the weekend? Yeah, there's a bit there, but one I really uh, found from a market positioning was really interesting to me. We've always pegged this horse as a great horse. Now, he doesn't win on Saturday, but 3.30 into $2.35 for Uncommon James. The market, and when I speak of the market, and probably that's what we're trying to tell the punters here, I'm not saying from a whole, the big, big dogs, they've got this horse as a legitimate group one horse. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't learn anything on the weekend as I, I'm more questioning what happened, Jules, with the market with I'm Thunderstruck versus Shakano. To, to my way of thinking and reading markets and races, the money was going to come for Jacano, the fresh young horse, ideal trip, race fit. I just thought it ticked every box other than the, it had an, an inside draw, which was an, an inferior place to be by then on Saturday. I was just staggered by the move for I'm Thunderstruck. Yeah, so was I, mate. So was I, mate. I laid him all the way down. So, um... Uh, got real lucky there. I got it wrong, but got really lucky. Yeah, 460 sort of into 310. Thunderstruck, um, Jack and O, conversely, 340 out to $4. No doubt you're right. Lanes one and two, so if you're going through this meeting, we're a penalty. But the jockeys rode for that anyway. They sort of just avoided lanes one and two throughout the day with the rail out 10 metres. So I thought that was important. But, yeah, you're right. And, and it was the big, big dogs in particular that wanted Thunderstruck. And so um, my belief is that this was in the waters anyway Saturday morning before. Now, unless they had... They, well, they probably did have track intel of that lanes one and two were off, but Thunderstruck was always going to start favourite probably from about 7.30, 8 o'clock a.m. was the advice mm. I was given, which wasn't great advice when you're already wanting mm. to be top price it and you're, you're happy to, you know, go down with the ship. So, yeah, interesting, Jack uh, Dicko. I, um, I agree with you. I, I was surprised, but it goes to show that they wanted to be with that solid weight for age form and thought Jack and I may not have done it against the older horse as well. He's probably ticked that box now, hasn't he? Just on the all stakes, of course, Gentleman Roy first passed the post. You were with that galloper on the weekend, Dino, and you lose that race in the stewards room. Before we get the, the team's opinion on the protest, let's hear from Michael Kent Jr. who had this to say about um, Jack and I winning the all stakes in the stewards room. Uh, it's a very close call. Uh, it's a matter of opinion. Uh, Damien thinks it definitely cost us. Yep. You know, it was a fairly severe bump and it turned the horse sideways, skewed him, took him off his course. He's a momentum horse, so I think it definitely cost us. So my opinion, it was a no-brainer in the end. I'd love to own a horse that's not a momentum horse. Well, so you think it should have been dismissed? I think all horses are momentum horses. I, I don't know. I, I think Stewart's decisions is the biggest like, coin flip of all time in racing. Like, Animo should have won a Cox Plate, in my opinion, but just before answer he won the, a Cox Plate. I don't question. know. The, my, my answer is I don't really know. Okay. Like, I think it was the right call for sure. I think it probably would have been a bit more interesting if Nugget wasn't on the outside and they both bumped and sort of shifted wider. I think it made it a little bit worse that sort of Jack and Go got sandwiched between them. But the margin... Which is why it's so great, because, like, it's not, it's not Gentleman Roy's fault that Nugget was there. Exactly, but it is Gentleman Roy's fault yeah. that he sort of shifted out. So I think the margin, um, the horse had momentum. He's got to turn to forward. I think you've got to factor all that into it. I think it was a, a pub test. It was the right call, but I guess it's not a pub test to decide it. So Jules? 
We always speak through our pockets, so I back Jack and I. So, but I was of the opinion, watching the race, that it would be dismissed. Um, okay. So I was a little bit surprised that it got overturned. Whether that's the right decision or the wrong decision, I'm not going to be here to, you know, try yeah, and justify it one way or the other. Because uh, whenever you think you are going to get a steward's decision right in this, you quickly are brought back to earth and and, and you don't. So um, I don't know, you know. If we, we could, could have bet this. on stewards, yeah. I would just basically bet against my own opinion. Because I'm often... Well, it shouldn't be it that should difficult. Be dismissed, it'll be upheld. I can't be upheld, it'll be dismissed. It like, shouldn't be that difficult. It should be black and white. Did that interference stop that other horse from winning? It's as simple as that. So surely you guys have an opinion. Like, did Jack and O, did that interference that he caught from Gentleman Roy stop that horse from winning? Possibly, but um, I don't know for sure. What I will say is... I thought whether he intended it to and whether he couldn't or not, I just thought it was extremely smart from Damien Lane to not go back to the stick when he got the bump and just went hands and heels. So um, it's just a little thing that I noticed. And whether he might not have been able to because he had a nugget to the outside so he couldn't actually go to the stick and he probably wasn't going to anyway. But that's just another little thing that maybe the stewards had in the back of their mind that he couldn't ride out the horse as good as he wanted to. Um He's very good at his craft, Damien Lane. I'm not saying he, he did it deliberately, but I thought that was nice little nuance from him. We're doing this for Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Gamble responsibly, 1-800-858-858. Um, Gentleman Roy lead all of the way in an all-star mile if he can sneak into the top 10. Or he's, he's probably a great chance to get a wild card if he, if he doesn't get voted in. This was his chance on Saturday. He had that okay. fitness edge. He came out of a really fast run race when he was first up, which I think he was probably really wound up for. And now you've got to think, okay, so I'm meeting the same horses and I get the same sort of setup, but I've got Thunderstruck, who's going to be probably two runs under the belt. I've got other horses that are going to be two runs under the belt. I may not get it as easy out in front. It becomes a whole different ball game. So um, sometimes... Horses get one opportunity. We spoke about pinstriped, you know, in the Australian Guineas last year. Uh, when he was a three-year-old, he probably should have won that race. It doesn't work out for him, and now he, he can't win a race. It's uh, Sometimes you just get one opportunity, Eminem. Yeah, I think Saturday was the PR day for Gentleman Roy and Nugget. I think out of that race, you need to lean heavily to I'm Thunderstruck and Mr. Brightside at the 1,600-metre weight for age races. Okay. Just quickly, Adamo... Um he was too good, of course, in the Apollo Stakes. Can anyone defeat him in these big weight for age middle distance races this, this campaign? Yeah, they can, but he needs to miss the kick. He needs to draw like an inside barrier yeah. when, when that's a really big disadvantage. He's got tactical speed, and he got away with murder tempo-wise, and his last 600 metres was just that of what he is. He's the yeah. king. 0499736736 to join our conversation. We'll get to your questions. Best text message can win. I reckon a nice little vest from the Mailbag Bloodstock. Um, a barrier tended black and white T-shirt looks well and a Foxcatcher Intel hat. Those can be our prizes um, well, over the on, next hour the or so. Get involved. 0499736736. And we'll go through those text messages as the morning goes on. We'll take a break on the other side of it. We'll go through our Please Explains on this Monday morning. This is the Weekend Review. Thanks to Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. And we're in English, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer for Giddy Up this morning. We'll take a break and we'll come back with plenty more on Giddy Up for the Weekend Review.
down to the 300. Mexico takes the lead. Mexico two lengths in front. There's a fall back in the field. Now Lazago slicing through the pack, running on, learning to fly, descending on them wide out there. Six or seven in it, learning to fly right down the outside, learning to fly. Got up to beat Blanc de Blanc. Perez, the leader on debut, and today she just dropped ahead and would relax wherever I wanted it to be. But um, yeah, well, she's just got a beautiful turn of foot, and um, the world's her oyster. Under the slipper. I think so. She's pretty good, learning to fly. Well done, Annabelle Neesham. She drove away in a new Ferrari after that performance of that, um, the daughter of Justify. Dean Watling, you're all over learning to fly. She was too strong once again, and um, she looks hard to beat in whatever she takes on now, especially as she heads towards the Golden Slipper. Yeah, she's got that tactical versatility we saw um, on debut. Obviously, Schofield pushed the button early, um, adapt to the pattern, which had to be up on pace, and then... On Saturday, um, obviously from the draw, didn't have much um, chance to go forward. But I think they said it'll probably pair or two worse off than I thought. But turn of foot, high pressure race down the outside. Um, that's the that's the profile for that day. But the I think market. I think moving forward, if they go to Rose Hill, it does. She does have that tactical versatility where she can sit up on pace, um, which is often the pattern of Rose Hill. The market was fascinating here. Like the way the race was, the, the track was racing. You think would suit it more than it potentially did before the race had started. Yeah, she was exactly. soft in betting. So that was my please explain. Why did she start at $4? And Kundalini started, what, $5 on the second line of betting. Lasago, there was money for that two-year-old. Fasol at seven fifty had support as well. And Blanc de Blanc was kept safe for that $7. So learning to fly, I thought $3 would have been a good price. I wonder if it comes into consideration with the big boys with Chad Schofield. Obviously, he's a good jockey, but he's not your top-line jockey in Sydney and... I know the track pattern did suit coming down the outside, but she was going to get a long way back. So um, we all knew she was going to be soft, but she was very, very soft late. So it's fascinating um, sort of insight into that race. But um, often, sometimes, the market doesn't always get it right. Jules, what's your please explain on this Monday morning for the weekend review? My please explain is you've got the bloke sitting right next to you, so he's going to be able to help me out here. Where does Keats go next start? Because he's a living, (laughs) breathing Moriali. I love you. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, big number, wasn't it? He's put up a well, very, so, very so, juicy So I suppose figure. for the punters out there, I just want to explain it a little bit, that um, set weight and penalty race was race eight at Sandown. So it's sort of carrying the same weight as a horse, say, Sunshine Rising, who was really well supported, nine-year-old, by the way, um, who was domestically rated 107. Now, Keats' domestic rating is 86. So, you know, Keats can go to a handicap right now an open handicap and be on the min no doubt can go to a benchmark 89 and be carrying something like 58 and a half or 58 um he carries 57 on saturday against the big some really good quality uh, open class horses and runs a ripper off 77 days um and you just seem to think well it's going to be perfect fitness wise for a horse that's front runner so jack where are you going with him mate uh, we're going to have a meeting this afternoon, actually, because he has gone to a big new peak for, for himself. Jura Cup? Um, well, we're going to prob- I- I'm probably going to dream a little bit higher, but Gav will pull me back to earth. So we're going to get our heads together this afternoon and make some decisions with where we go. Um, it's a huge performance the way I read races. Like, he-, he was not suited by the suicidal tempo set by Subconscious, who was beaten uh, 14.8 lengths. Like, he- the-, the horse that it followed stopped. He's very brave. He he has improvement to come. He wasn't there, like expecting to win on Saturday. Um, from Gav's point of view, I thought he could win still because I think the horse has got upside still. 
and uh, very, very, very proud of him and happy about everything on Saturday. There's a couple yeah, of points with that. Yes. Sorry, guys, just with that, Dicko, is that obviously you'd be quite aware of this, of how he's pulled up. But that was a really brutally run race, as you said. So does mm-hmm. he need maybe another week off that you would thought just to get over that? A horse that's a front-running horse. Um, you know, you don't want to bust it, you know, off such, you know, just under three months, you know, to get him going mm. again for second up. But also the fact is these front-running horses, they need to be just about at their peak to see them win races. So that's why I think you saw Gentleman Roy come back so close to his top when he won first up so he could absorb that pressure and then go to an all second up and go crack. So, mm. yeah, I, I think for the punters out there, again, I don't want to speak for Dicko, but I would suggest Keats is probably not far away from being close to his top with a little bit of fitness to come. But, yeah, excited to see him next start for sure. The, the messaging was definitely that there's going to be improvement to come yep. from the run. Um, the report so far has pulled up well, but as I said, we, we chat this afternoon, and he will improve when he gets to the leader race, which he will and find the fence. That's yeah, that's right. Keats. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I shouldn't have. I just, but um, yeah. it, it went <laughs> so talk- good. It went so good. <laughs> that's a black booker, you're telling oh, us, Jules. Oh, yeah, yeah, straight in. Straight Please in. E- Please explain for you, Dicko. The finishing post and the camera angles oh. and the stuff at Sandown. It's just like, it does my head in. It was so confusing on Saturday. It was a little bit. It well, was, we were talking about it all day. It, it, it was, it just looked, it looked, it looked really weird. It looked like it were at a, we weren't watching Sandown or a Metropolitan group meeting. Um, it was like we were watching something out the sticks. And it's obviously hard for Matty Hill because it's just so different because yeah. you're just sort of and used the, to something. So. And the cameraman. What yeah. about that third for Corniche? Like, um, we're on the edge of our seat for at least oh. 45 minutes. And Racing.com... The rail out 10 didn't help either. Yeah. And any chance Racing.com can put the third number up? Oh, they were, just, they were running replays. I think the good thing about it, though, is you need that. Like, imagine them starting on the bend at the 1,100 metres. Like, obviously... It it's, couldn't happen. It couldn't happen. So, I know it's tricky, but at the same time, if we're betting, it's it's got to happen. 100%. But why do you have to have it at 1,100 metres? It just yeah, if you move true. the track, just say, okay, it's 1,200 this week. Like, but couldn't they have like gone, hey, you know what? We're going to be racing some massive races at Sandown this autumn. So what we're going to do is we're just going to dig it up and put another 100 <laughs> metres behind the start instead of whacking on at the end. Jules? Yeah, there's a bit Do you have there. an opinion? There's, well, there's a bit in it. I mean, um, it was it was odd at best, put yeah. it that way. I, I was surprised at some of the results. I was like, gee, I don't know. What's one? What, what's ran third? I mean, that Corniche, I honestly... Look like it ran fourth. Yeah, so, uh, my mail is it's been a complete fill for in-play punters too. Yeah, what about the in like where, where's the finishing line? Yeah, well, the, the, the race try. caller's not used to it, so that people get a lead from the caller. So if you're there and you've got your own opinion, it can be a complete and utter fill-up. Well, that is dangerous getting leads from like Matty Hill and all that's okay, but they uh, uh, watch it. Yeah, <laughs> watch it. Jules, my question to you is: What do we do with the data and the sectionals out of these shoot races? Obviously, the big Machines don't have a par for this setup um, and benchmark ratings, etc., etc. So it's going to be fascinating how we sort of dissect these ratings and the figures out of the barbers races, the preludes leading to the Blue Niven next week. So what do we do as punters? Great question. Really good question. Um, there is no standards. No standards for the 1,100 metres. So here it comes down to, I've been looking at my uh, the way I rate races and I'm sort of touchy-feely trying to work it out um, because you're not going to have a standard to work off. So, yeah, it, it's it's really hard. So you're going to have to probably work off um, Barber versus the Phillies and then you've got to work off those other older horses that obviously ran quicker time. Um, but you've got to do it. You've got to be able to do it yourself and try and figure out what you want to do. 
because there is nothing to go off at all. And even the 1,400-metre open class, um, the Ore Stakes, there's been no Group 1 at Sandown over 1,400 metres. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, no real standard to work off. You've got a li- little bit more to work off there because there's been a couple of listed races, so you can get your mind sort of ticking to you know where you think they should be in terms of a standard. But... Um, yeah, that's going to be really tricky for however long we're at Sandown while Caulfield's out of action. So people are going to have to um, think for themselves a little bit and work it out. And there's going to be di- different opinions of how people think those standards have gone with, or, or what you want to do. Which will create enormous opportunities for Correct. those that want to do the work. Correct. I'm going to go old school and cut up the, the two-year-olds versus the two-year-olds, not worry about the overall time, worry about the race shape, so which horse was suited, not suited, and will it be suited next time? Uh, and then with the other ratings that come out of these unique setups, which they are all unique, just be very, very careful. Trust in the big number and just don't depend on that big number. Use other factors to, to form your view and get your prices. I'll give you a tip. Don't bet on two-year-old races. What I've seen so far this season have been a complete mess. So many odds-on favourites getting beat, Dino. And you why might you have an ex- why are you eyeballing Dean when you no, say he, that? Because he might have an explanation for us. My please explain this week is how Peter and Paul Snowden can do it so well. We've got a horse to peak and run a massive figure first up like we saw with King's Gambit, Don Zerleone, and then be so soft. Well, three weeks between runs, second up. It just absolutely fascinates me, and I'm still... Was, two-year-olds and three-year-olds are my favourite racing, and I still cannot work out this Snowden's Was camp. Saturday the grand final? No, but how are do you they make... a grand final camp? Yeah, but how do you make a horse go from a massive peak first up over 11,000 uh, metres, everything looks suited, come on, everything, etc., and then it's gone soft in a race. What? Because what? they're not going to rev it up to, to, to use it up on Saturday. Its grand final is in four weeks. It's shown it's elite, so then they calm down. They get it right, and it's going to peak again on Grand Final Day. Don't suck it. Jules? Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to really... We speak about it a lot, say, to try and win a diamond and then a slipper. The reason why it's so hard to do is because you can't continually peak, especially babies, time and time and time again. You look at even horses like Animo. You could sort of peak in the Cox Plate. It doesn't mean he comes out and wins uh, the McKinnon or whatever race that is, you know, two weeks later. It's impossible at the top level to continue to get your horses to peak consistently. So there's no doubt the trainers back off with the training techniques and and they do different things. You'll see it uh, often. We probably just talk about it a little bit more with the two-year-olds and we've seen horses in the past do it, the capitalists and those kinds of horses that have been able to come off and then peak again. But it's something that no doubt um, punters need to get their head around and and not, um, you know, fly. And also, uh, Gaz, you make a really good point. I mean... There's probably no need to really be betting until the grand final when you've seen all the body of work of all these horses and then you can make your decision if you really want yep. to bet into these two-year-old two races. All right, 10 seconds each if you've got a comment, Dino. Um, my other point to that is market as well. Like The horse was absolutely smashed, which just grazed me up even more. But All right, then. No, no more to add, Dino. I mean, um, Dicko. There we go. The first mistake. It was surprising that it took me 31 minutes to do just that. Let's take the news and then we'll come back with full credit straight after this. The 300 do say Scythe Nessie, Queen of the Ball. Oh, hi. Back along the inside. Scythe 150 metres to go. Oh, hi. Queen of the Ball. The outside laced up heels and Ladon Seuss Rouge. This is going to be an absolute humdinger. Queen of the Ball. Rich Fortune's coming at Queen of the Ball. They reach the line. Rich Fortune, I think, has beaten Queen of the Ball. Now, that was a win and a half. Full credit, as you mentioned at the start, Dean Watling to Jerome Hunter. He can find a horse. He can train a good horse. And Rich Fortune, to, like, I'm no data, man. But to the eye, that was the, the win of the day. 
um, there at Sandown on the hillside track on Saturday. So full credit to Rich Fortune, Craig Williams, and especially Jerome Hunter. Dicko, your full credit's the Blue Army, they tell me. I love them. I just love and I'm grateful for their persistence and their letting that, 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 that them letting Animo continue to race because he's well and truly deserves to be at stud, and he's not. And we got to watch him on Saturday, and he returned in outstanding order. He returned... I watched him parade with Rob Scurry and we both thought he's going to improve off this off this run. He's had a beautiful sort of soft barrier trial for him, like no early tempo, glided through the line. And I'm just grateful that they race on with these great horses. Yeah, full credit to James Cummings. And if he was on this morning, he would well, have the said... Well, the Sheik. I'm going yeah, with the probably sheik. the Sheik. Probably yeah. the Sheik. I think the Sheik's saying, no, James. James like if, if the Sheik wanted to send him to start, he's going yeah. to start. James would say, you know, Gareth, um, it's, a, it's a team effort. The team at the farm and Angus Banks have done an extraordinary job. And he's a... Well, this He's is where, a superstar cult, Gareth. This is where full credit comes yeah, from. Full credit in secret, like a foot grind, and we're taking the bar shoes <laughs> off. And um, no, she's in for a big preparation. And full Dino, credit. yeah, full credit. Who are you full credit? My full credit goes to Annabelle Nation. She's not only an outstanding trainer, but what she sort of did on the weekend with obviously her horse Dorothy Gale fell, yeah. and she was running up the Ramwick straight. I was glad it was her and not Mickey Gunn enough to see his running video on the weekend. But um, yeah. full credit to the stable and everyone. And I know Tommy Markland's obviously healing up and the horse is fine. So my full credit is the care of horses from Annabelle Nation. Just quickly on that, should Josh Parr got more than a month? I think he got 20 meetings. Yes. Um, I haven't oh, dissected it too much. Here. You've made him uncomfortable. Well, he decked half the field. You, sh- you can't be doing that. Splinters. Yeah. Even though he's he's a great man, Josh Parr, and he apologised and he put his hand up. If you do that, it's three months. I mean, he's one half of the Splinter Brothers. Yep. Him and him and Gannis. Your get thoughts off the fence. on that? Oh, no, jo- no opinion, mate. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> my full credit here. I don't watch too much of the Sydney racing, mate. Yeah. Um, uh, full credit. Two, two trainers, two trainers, <laughs> two trainers. Full credit that you're making plenty out of. Obviously, Dino spoke about uh, Jerome Hunter. I've got him 11 from 18 at 61 versus the market expectation 28. percent So that's brilliant. And Julius Sandu, eight from 26 going at yes. 31, and uh, to the inverse of that, market expectations 13. percent So making plenty of money out of those two. And what does it show? That they're just placing their horses in the mm. right race. This is the Weekend Review on Giddy Up. Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. We'll take a break and then we'll come back with horses to follow. Plus your text messages. Send them in 0499 736 736. And just be a little bit careful today, folks, because Dicko can actually see the text message line. So if you... <laughs> Get them in. Ask anything you I, want and I I'll usually, read it out for splinters to have I a crack at. I don't usually read them out because he's, a, you know, even though he... he comes across as a man that nothing does really affect him um you can actually see them today so if you want to get stuck into him you'll definitely see it 0499 736 736 time for a break chevron just the leader now from remedies and don Culion being stoked up between them running on empress of wonder of well the outside remedy still in front don's under immense pressure empress of wonder the outside and cafe millennium from last remedies in front but cafe millennium gobbled it up big win big day Cafe Millennium knocked off Remedies. Johnny O'Shea said this is a horse that we need to be following. You had to see to believe that for a visual point of view, that was clearly the run of the weekend anywhere in the country, Dean Watling. That's my horse to follow, Cafe Millennium. Yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. The call by Darren Great Drindell call. was... Like a, that was a, that that's almost, that's almost full credit worthy. Yeah, I, he's a great man. I caught up with Darren Fliddell on, on Thursday. Uh, the vaping, um, Chardonnay drinking <laughs> type of... Performance operator he is. Loves the type of a punt. Sledges his own work colleagues. Um, and you want to know his best bet on the he, weekend? He, Quantico. Yeah. And he would fit 
I he's think he, on. he wants to come on Giddy Up too, Flindell, so... We'll get him on. Yeah. Contractually right, obliged. He was just to follow. Yeah. Phenomenal win, Cafe Millennium, obviously following that. One out of uh, the other race too, uh, in secrets race, a lot more love for the Ryan and Lexio stable was really, really good from the back. I don't know what target is, but 16 to 2,000 metres. Any futures market will find out. Um, they're my two to follow out of the meeting. I thought Fangirl's run was enormous and she did the same thing last prep and didn't get it right, but she ran into some pretty heavy tracks. I think if we get a bit more luck with weather... Uh, she's ready for a big preparation. Fan girl. Jules, horses to follow? Yeah, up in Sydney, I thought Hinge was outstanding. It can take a position. It just has to avoid Animo, and it can win plenty of races. And I thought, look, the race hasn't gone that good, the race that was won by Quantico, but I was impressed by the first up run of Mr Mozart just because of the fact it's a horse that'll get 1,400 metres plus. So they might be able to pick the eyes out of the program and um, find a race for it. Are we sacking any horses over the weekend? Um, well, plenty. Mm. Uh, I'd, I'd sack charms. I'd sack. I'd sack charmstone this prep. Okay. Yeah. If they was, try and push on. Yeah, that was concerning. I think she dances probably comes to the end of the prep. Um, so it's done a good job when it's last three. Probably got found out on Saturday. Um, Waterford. Yeah, that's borderline. I thought he would have done a lot more first up. Trial was good. Back to inside inferior ground, but I don't think you can ever sack Uncle Chris. He'll in, just... in Melbourne, I thought Explosive Jack was an enormous performance. Okay. Jules? Um, other horses to follow in Melbourne, obviously Keats, yes. I also want to follow Yaffet out of the last. was off 273 days. Mm, I thought his performance nice first up was really good. And in race five, back on the inferior ground, oh, high. Again, was off around three months. Yeah. It just needs a dry track, and it can win a race against that kind of class, oh, high. Um, I don't know what everyone else has got going race two, and I know they came home really good last 400, 200, but I reckon the market's going to spit that race out. No margins at all. It was so slow. I mean, they've gone close to two seconds slower than the ore stakes, and I know that's the ore stakes and it's a group one. But they've gone so slow and have only come home, you know, marginally better. Mm. Um, I completely agree. But that yeah. doesn't suit a horse like Pericles then, so you can't sack him off that, can you? No, but here's my point, though. Everyone's You're going to want to be it. with Pericles now because they're like, oh, he was wide oh, okay. and we had no luck. So you, yeah. you're taking you're taking a premium price about these kind of horses that sort of, to the eye, everyone goes, well, you know, it's come back really well, had no luck, oh, it was a flashing light. But I just think the race was really ordinary. So um, yep. soon see. Maybe other people have got it going a bit better than that, but I'm happy to take that race right on going forward. 0499736736. Your question's coming up next, so we'll take this break. Jules, can you do me a favour a little bit? Because Dicko's got a conflict of interest. There's a host of text messages coming through. We need your opinion on the inevitable after his oh. track record breaking performance in that listed race in Hobart. Um, yesterday. So I think Dean's texting into himself too. 0499736736. Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Break and then your question straight after this. This is the weekend review on Giddy Up on this Monday morning. Cinderella Days giving a bold side in the lead. Cinderella Days two lengths clear. Sunshine in Paris. In secret coming off heels for the final assault. Here she comes in secret going to Cinderella Days and the favourite gets up in secret. A few heart stopping moments but in secret won the light fingers. 
She's a beauty. She might just be our best sprinter by the end of this preparation as a three-year-old. I, I thought Saturday was the day to get a beat. She's yep. slow away in both trials. She was slow away on Saturday. She was inside where it wasn't best, and she still got the job yep. done. She's hooned through the line. Last six hundreds elite. She's a beast. She yep. is a very, very good horse in secret. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. Let's get through these text messages. Rion Thunderstruck, how are you treating his run going forward on face value? You look fine without being great to the eye. But there was an avalanche of money for him with so many factors going against him. Barrier map, perceived track pattern. Yard indicated it, it is at least one, maybe two runs behind. Trainer talks its chances down for this run only. That's from Donnie. Um, Dicko, you can talk about this. Uh, you go, Dean. I think it's it's interesting. Obviously, we harp on the mark, and I think he's going to strip fitter, be a lot better um, second up. But he's a horse that we know needs the map, needs the pattern, needs everything to sort of go in his favour. And that's the comparability difference between him and Animo. Animo can put himself in the races. That's why he's won a lot more Group 1s. And I'm Thunderstruck needs tempo, needs the right map. So, um, yep, all what comes did, down to that. What did you think of... Um, what did you make of Jamie Carr's ride on Chain of Lightning, one of the text messages coming through there, Jules? Yeah, it didn't have much luck. I mean, it wasn't there. I'm not going to say it wasn't there to win the race, but that's not its grand final. It was first up off 105 days. It was outstanding through the line. Um, wherever it goes next start, you're going to see a really good racehorse. It's, it's, you know, it starts favourite in a Golden Eagle. It's no mug. Yeah, that was from Todd. Good on you, Toddy. What time did you finish up last night? Boy, sound like, sounds like it's a decent one. Um, Dick, I was in bed by 9.30, 10 o'clock. I was in bed at 10.30. Rich Fortune is a Group 1 horse from the Cotton King... Do you agree or disagree, Jules? Uh, I'll, I'll probably disagree. I don't think that race has gone that well. Um, three lengths, first eight, one and a half lengths, first seven. I think they've done a really good job, but when you're getting into group ones, you what? So another filly's in secret. Um, oh, no, the cotton. I think I'm, in sorry. secret would um, lap rich fortune. I think I know who the Cotton King is, and he is a group one operator, so I wouldn't be against him. Yep. Um, when is Dicker going to upload a video of him getting a same-race multi? Tom from Tamworth. Oh, Tommy. Tom can get the prize back, surely. Yeah. Tom, Tom should get on the, the bus or the train and get himself to Warwick Farm. Can, can Rich Fortune win or place in an Oakley plate thanks to stakes, Dino? I think it's a little bit too soon. That was obviously... She only broke her maiden on two starts ago in a benchmark 70, and then she's done that in her third start. So I think there's a stack of upside, but has it come too soon? Uh, possibly, but she's got an elite turn of foot, which allows you to win those races. Full credit to the inevitable for his performance in the Thomas Lyon Stakes yesterday. One of uh, the Taz Sickos. Can he run in the top three in the All-Star Mile, Jules? Don't know about top three. If he was mine, I'd freshen him up and have a crack at the new market. Back in 2020, I think he ran single figures. The year $7. Yeah, the year Bivouac won it. So he's always been a ripper of a horse. I've, I know he's 1,600 metres and one in Taz, but when he sort of has against the big guys, 1,600 metres worries, failed in an Australian Guineas and I think failed in a Golden Eagle 1,500, I'd love to see him freshen back to 1,200 up the straight. Okay. Few more text messages coming through. Um, morning, boys. Love the video Dicko posted of him and Scurry from Saturday. One nearly checking his Dax and one cheering like no one was watching. Top tier. That's from Josh. Um, hi, guys. Just want to make a comment regarding the best ride. I think I've seen it um, for some seeds at Dubin on Saturday. If you have haven't seen it, have a look at Brody um, Brody's ride on Hell of a Party. It was. Um, a gem of a ride. I didn't see Brody Lloyd. Did you see yeah. that ride? I didn't see that ride, but I know he's in um, really good form at the minute, Brody. Right. Full credit. 
um, full credit. Um, why do the jocks hand J Mac Animo the one out, one back? Because uh, they're on inferior animals the and they can't be using her up to compete with him before they get rolling. Beautifully, this text message is going sensational. Can't even. Here we go. Why do the jocks hand J Mac and Animo the one out, one back? We he just raised, did that I one. know, are we, but are um, we on repeat. Where are no, we? no, no, but there's a little more to it. Animo, great. I'm not convinced he's a superstar. Just gets the best ride. <laughs> oh, That's from up, Nick. Mate. He's an all-timer. He's the king. I think yeah. you can see that, though. Like, honestly, on the weekend, you would have thought he put two, three lengths, but he's just yeah. a horse that does what he needs to do and saves the rest for next day. Dean, a little saying I've got, mate. Winners win. Hi, Gareth and Weekend Review team. I thought Fangirl was very good, making ground in the worst part of the track on Saturday. I'm a huge Animo fan. Agree with Dicko. Should have won two Cox plates, but I think Fangirl would be a chance to beat him and Chipping Norton if she had the favours in the run. That's from Dave. Definitely a chance. I don't think so. She's never going to beat I think any time you're going to beat Animo, he's first up. I think outside of first up, it's advantage him. Jules, this is for you. Morning, fellas. Where will the market or you guys have Chain of Lightning next start after she would have won uh, on the weekend and beaten Uncommon James, who's apparently a Group 1 horse? Big question mark there. Now, that's from Benny, Jules. Yeah, I mean, they're going to meet again, I think, in the Oakley Plate. Um, I'd be thinking Uncommon James is going to start shorter again than Chain of Lightning in the Oakley Mm -hmm. Plate. Uh, that's just the way I see the market sort of evolving. I mean, Uncommon James is, I think, off 186 days off an injury. Yes, it lobbed in a perfect position and got overran, but he could explode next up. Geez, they went hard there, Jules. Uh, obviously, on my stuff, he's sort of to the 600-metre mark. They've absolutely flown along. So I thought it was a credible run, and Lofty Strikes just come over the top in a faster run race. So I'm, I'd be in the opposite camp of wherever Uncommon James goes next. I think he's going to be... Mighty, mighty hard to beat. Good yeah, form I mean, reference just... for the good races at, at Flemington in the spring. Like That's yeah. in secret, lofty strike race. They've come out of that and they've delivered first up. Yeah, I mean, that was the fastest of the four 1,100-metre races on exactly. Saturday. But they also came home best last 200 of the day overall from a field perspective. So um, that race is a race that is rated really well with me and I'd be happy to take... The thing is, they're all probably going to meet again in the Oakley mm. Plate. So uh, game on. And then there's probably going to be some other ones as well that we haven't seen this prep, you know, as for those kind of types. Um, I'm going to try and have to win it first up with these horses with the run under the belt. Fascinating jo- race. Jordan from Clifton Hill. What's the best way to assess track pattern slash bias for race tempo throughout a meeting with Glint of Silver, Barber and Exploring all winning from on pace or leading? I double staked on Juace leading into race five. By the end of the day, you could see horses could win from anywhere. Full credit to the Sandown track. That's from Jordan. Well, I think a really simple way to... to have a quick look at a meeting is the punting form uh, positions and wide so you can see where they were at the 600 in, in position of first, second, third, fourth further and which lane they were in and then you can com- go oh there is a pattern or oh, there wasn't a pattern. Sunday, uh, Saturday was pretty even. Yeah, yeah I think other, than, look- other than lanes one and two I think we're no doubt a penalty. Absolutely that's the way I'm treating it but other than that I thought the track no horse was disadvantaged let's put it that way uh, because the jockeys seemed to ride like that. Uh, the track mm. raced really well. Quick, um, we've got a couple of minutes left. We've got 10 more text messages to get through, so this is quick hands. Did you guys see the run of Beauty Eternal in Hong Kong last night? It looks a free course. Sack Smile said it all, Dino. Travelled like a good horse. Um, chestnut um, reminds me a lot of the Nature Trip stride. Jules, Mortimer should have bolted in. Thought it was a massive run. Your thoughts there? Yeah, but it's been a long prep, so mm. don't know where they go. Market so just, loved it. Just be careful. Next up with that. I think the race is rated really well, though. 
Should Swatstat be the new ambassador for Whiskers? Absolutely loves milk, Dino. It's had a lot of chances. It's always in the market. It's it's probably time to let go if you're still on. Are there any hats left on the, the English complex after Splinters Watling took home about <laughs> 10 on Friday? That's good. I love that. Thoughts on Little Bros, Jules? Really good. Um, I think... The boys have gone slower by a half a second than the girls on Saturday at Sandown, but I think the boys is the race you want to be following. Same race as Keats. Explosive Jack was motoring home and needs 2,400 metres. Thoughts that was a horse for you yeah, to follow. Yeah, 100% agree. I reckon that's going to be a nice race moving forward for a lot of those horses. There was a, there's some really nice runs in it. Who wins the best text message? I think the one that called you Splinters gets a barrier tender. No, that was him. <laughs> oh, you got your phone number. There you go. You can win your own prize. Um, I I'll like, I'll I'll like the Beauty Eternal from Locke. I love Sign that question. And Tom from Tamworth deserves one for just continuing to hammer. Persistence. Yes. Yeah, um, get in touch, Tom. I'll get you a hat, yeah. mate. Yeah. Hammer Jack at the Tommy. I'll go through all those text messages and pick out a few more prize winners. Hey, Jules, you enjoy Super Bowl 57. Do you have an opinion? Um, Who wins? The outsider. Back the outsider always okay. in the Super Bowl. Hey, love your work, Foxcatcherintel.com. You keep delivering, looking straight down that barrel, mate. I'm loving the content. Well done. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Hey, good on you, Dino. Thanks, fellas. Dicko. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mate. Um, That is the weekend review on Giddy Up on this Monday morning. It's 9 o'clock and it's news time.